0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the latest episode of the RoarCast. Uh, it's kind of sad to say, this is our soft season finale. So uh, I'm Michael finale. Soft finale. We might soft come on for finale. a couple of emergency pods. You know, if somebody goes viral, we got to make ourselves available. Of course. Can't miss out on that opportunity.
1: I like how we're using our finale to tease just by saying it's a soft finale. It's a soft finale, so don't get too upset we will (laughs) be around periodically over the summer
0: you guys are gonna miss us you know yeah
1: i'm gonna miss this weekly guys we should still do this regardless
0: we should
1: yeah whether or not we actually put it out
0: well you hear their voices joining me as always kyle matrician and megan rojas so uh we've got a big episode we went uh from an all new jersey episode last week to international this week and we got a jam-packed show we're doing a virtual seat recap
1: Kyle, that's right. Yeah, Mike, we're going to have all of the award winners from this year's Virtual C. Uh, we hope anybody listening to this podcast hopefully watched Virtual C. If you haven't watched it, it is on YouTube. It was, it went live. What was that? Uh, last Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. We had a host of celebrity check-ins. I think there was at least 15 of them, including Serena Williams, uh, Grant Hill, Mark Cuban among others. But for today's episode, we have all of our award winners. As I said, we're going to have uh the Dwight D. Eisenhower watch winner, which was Christopher Aoun of the men's swimming and diving team. Oh, let's see if I can do this. We're going to have the Marion R. Phillips watch winner, um, Micah, Micah Blindenbach of the field hockey team. We're going to have our fan voted top men's and women's game of the year winners, which were men's soccer for top men's game of the year, their 3-2 win at UConn, and women's fencing winning the 2020 Ivy League championship in a 6-0 sweep. And then closing us out, we're going to have the top play of the year as voted on by the fans, which was Gracie Wall from women's soccer and her game-winning goal to beat the overtime buzzer, which the game would have went to a second overtime if she didn't score, but we, you know, that's not the point. The point is, she beat the clock, beat the overtime buzzer, won the game for women's soccer at Bucknell, and that happened back, I think, in September, right? That was that was early. Yeah, the non-conference year. game. Non-conference yep. game. Just making sure it wasn't August, because I know sometimes they start in August. Um, so we got a jam-packed episode, and as Mike said, we're gonna we're gonna be traveling all over the globe to uh to interview some of these. I know we got Will Todd from men's soccer who's gonna be joining us all the way from the other side of the world in Australia. So that was uh. That's a 14 across hour difference for us. So it's across several ponds. The big pond. And uh we got we're gonna have Christopher Owen, who's gonna be up first. He's joining us from the UK across the pond. Um and yeah, the rest I mean we're going to Texas for Blake Willis. I don't know, everybody I not I, I forget. Where's Micah? Virginia, right? Virginia. Micah's in Virginia. Yep, we went to Virginia. Uh I don't know where Gracie Wall lives. Gracie
0: Wall's from Washington State. Okay. Okay. So West Coaster. So, yeah, you don't have to listen to us talk about bagels or anything New Jersey this week. You don't have to worry about that. And if you missed no, it, I'm sure that'll come back up in another episode because Jersey's Strong, kangaroos,
1: <laughs> kangaroos and fish and chips, right?
2: Yeah, we'll save the bagel talk for an emergency pod.
1: We will. We'll come back. That'll Just be about most, Jersey. <laughs> that'll be when a new bagel shop opens, we will be here for you. <laughs> we'll
0: let you know. <laughs>
2: We're here for you.
1: (laughs) We are. We are. Guys, I don't know about you, but Virtual C, I thought, went off as good as it possibly could have. So, Ro, why don't you give us the women's basketball team insider information about Virtual C?
2: Well, first of all, I would just like to say to everyone that worked on it, it was pretty awesome considering the time crunch and you guys figuring that out, YouTube Live and getting a good host and all those, like, Big time celebrities. That was very shocking. Although I did have the the knowledge that that was going to happen because I do this podcast with you. Yeah, and the one insider you, scoop
0: there. One he of you know might have
2: scoop. might have spoiled that for me, Kyle. But there was a, there was it's a slight.
0: Fun. Oh, you just. Well, we didn't tell you who. did we? did we as the we tell you exactly who? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he said. Yeah. He said very excitedly a couple weeks ago. He was like, I "Bro, said, there's some
1: A-listers." I said yeah. A-listers. I didn't. I couldn't tell her who. I said no. A-listers. And then you mean, even, we didn't so even know until
0: the video... Well, we didn't even know until the video landed in Dropbox. It was awesome. that, like it, it was, was like awesome. we're getting somebody big from Nike, and we're like, yeah, well, that was yeah. Like, Serena
1: it, was the is big it MJ. Big.
0: Is it? Lamar? Although, like, like I don't like, understand
1: it... why Serena was such a secret, but like Mark Cuban was like, oh yeah, we can just tell us right away. I don't. Know.
2: Mark Cuban was awesome. Yeah. I thought all of those, and like Grant Hill, um, I would say some of the kids or players might not have known some of the actors, but yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. We like, have an older Mario audience Lopez as well. And- they might, not, and, they might not. They might not know. MC Hammer.
0: They <laughs> might
2: they might not know. Hammer's but not. I mean how ironic was then. it?
0: I've I've told this on the external group chat. How ironic that his message was touch everything and his hit song is can't touch this. That's like true. come on. That's true. Like that was nobody else would have thought I didn't of that. You about have to be that. of a certain age to touch to everything.
1: Touch it all. Go out there. Except
0: for this whatever that is.
1: Shout out to Alex Oberweger on the lower third for MC Hammer that said too legit to quit. <laughs> he had some good
0: witty lower thirds if you were paying attention in the second spot with dean he flashed his career field goal percentage (laughs) and how many points per game the average 0.2 points points per game It was like and Dean's a great sport about it. I know he probably thought one. it was funny. I don't even know Oh if Dean's, you noticed made it. <laughs>
1: Dean's, made, Dean's made fun of himself. Dean's made fun of himself.
0: I don't know funny. if I
2: noticed that.
0: If you oh, okay, it was re-watch, real quick. catch
1: quick. It was real quick.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the True rerun. Run. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely
2: did. No, but Dean was,
1: Dean was uh, Dean was uh Dean was great as a I thought I said uh, I didn't think we could have asked for a better host. Uh you know, he's a Columbia alum. He did something that's kind of cool where he was on Survivor. Not only was on Survivor, but finished runner-up uh, two seasons ago. So, Mike, and, credit, and to you on, credit to you on the outreach there you know, for Dean. You've been working on that for months.
0: It, it, after we had him on the podcast, we had talked about that before we had him on the podcast. And after that, that kind of cemented the idea that he would be a, a good candidate for this. He went all in, too. He yeah. went all in. It would be surprised. I um...
2: I text. I didn't text him. I DM'd him, uh, like commenting on some of the things that he was posting. I was like, "Great job! It went super well." And he said, a "Couple of things," and they said, "Quote, TBH, wouldn't have been possible without you and your successful podcast, Go Roarcast, that opened wow. the door." Wow. Open Let's go, <laughs> wow. guys. I
1: don't so, understand why we don't have hundreds of thousands of listeners by now. <laughs> I
0: know. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of our our. Our loyal listeners we i found out that we do have another loyal listener that i we need to give a shout out because we're oh multiplying.
1: Super, i feel like we need a sound effect for a new super fans so, when we definitely
0: making shirts Talked to uh baseball head coach brett bready this week trying to get a few things in order and uh he said he's he's listened to a, f- a bunch of episodes so uh coach thanks for listening thanks for the support we hope you're yes. listening to this one
1: was it just that he listened or that he enjoyed them
0: I haven't gotten that far. I just, okay. I just, I just, like the, I just like the fact that he listens. I, don't, yeah, well, yeah. I guess if he's listened, I
1: guess if he's listened to multiple, he must be enjoying them, or else he wouldn't keep listening, right?
2: Again, if anyone has listened to any of them and hasn't let us know, you gotta, you gotta let us know so we can give you a shout out and wanna. Well, maybe we'll have an emergency podcast about just them. our listeners.
1: We are just We, should yeah. have, we should have an emer- emergency podcast with all the loyal listeners. We can just go. <laughs> a just big bring zoom. Them all in. They will do. yeah and then they'll share it. I don't know if we're gaining it, see, but our, our method is that with every podcast, with every new guest we have, we gain listeners, and we would not right. be accomplishing that goal with that with that:
0: We got to find out if last week's episode landed on uh, the, the Ridgewood Parents group Facebook.: Ooh, I should uh,
2: I should share it. Share it: to yeah, the I'll the send crew. it to send it to Amy the most Rowe's. popular
1: podcast in Ridgewood, NJ.
2: Oh, yeah, maybe I'll get it on nJ.com. NJGov. Maybe the New Jersey Twitter handle will tweet
1: it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. NJGov should tweet it at NJGov. Hey, NJGov guys, we had a, we had a great bagel debate today. <laughs> on, big uh, bagel on debate. the Roarcast. I know the Roarcast is based out of, actually, it's based out of New Jersey technically.
2: It is. i know, it's, about,
1: I know it's. I know it's about. <laughs> I know it's about a uh, uh, university that's in New York, but you know we're trying to trying to bridge bridge the tide here. Yeah. With that said. And we it's hope time to get our to the loyal heart listeners. Show. <laughs> yes, and we hope our loyal listeners enjoyed our little uh, our pregame here for the virtual sea finale pod. But uh, we're going to head to break now. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Christopher Aoun of the men's swimming and diving team. Back after
0: this. Columbia Athletics is proud to announce the pre-sale of the official Community Strong T-shirts to show support to all those who are on the front lines fighting COVID-19. $10 from every purchase of the Ultrasoft tee will be donated to the Columbia University Irving Medical Center COVID-19 response fund committed to not only saving lives, but improving the quality of life for patients and their families. This fund supports various projects, including patient care response and the research of new treatments. Over $1,700 have been raised so far. Shirts are available in both men's and women's sizes. Visit the Lions store at store.gocolumbialions.com to order yours today.
1: Jag One Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions with state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.JAG1PT.com, that's J-A-G-O-N-E, pt.com for more information
0: welcome back we're here with christopher own from men's swimming and diving winner of the dwight d eisenhower watch for highest cumulative average for a senior student athlete so chris uh, thanks for joining us today all the way from london Thank you for having me. So, Chris, I, I know there's, you know, five-hour time difference and everything, but tell us the story of how you found out you, you won the Eisenhower Watch. You told us a little bit before we, you came on. No, so, yeah,
3: uh, it's actually quite funny. I was um, getting ready to go to bed because it was around 1 a.m., and then I get a bunch of messages from my coaches and my teammates telling me congratulations, like, well done, and I was very confused. I was like, okay, congrats for what? What's going on? And they told me that I won the award, so – then I tuned into the virtual C and I watched it all back. Um, so yeah, it was a pleasant surprise.
1: Chris, did you know you were up for the award at all? Were you like before this all happened? Did you think uh, we talked to some people? They weren't sure if some of these awards obviously were going to be given out this year. Like, was it on your mind at all? Or
3: I actually, I think I heard about the award a couple years back. Um, but I completely forgot that there was an award for that. So it was not on my mind at all.
1: And then uh, I got to ask you, what is it with uh, all the student athletes from SEAS winning these uh, watches and uh, academic awards? I know we're going to, we're going to talk to uh, Micah Blindenbach right after you. She's also from uh, the engineering school, but uh, you, you guys, uh, what what's with the engineering school getting all this uh, academic recognition? <laughs>
3: I don't know. Maybe it's easier, but, uh, I don't think, I don't think it's easier. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, um, I don't know. Uh, I was definitely very fortunate to have coaches and teammates that were very supportive both in and out of the pool. Um, I worked very hard, uh, throughout my four years. And I guess it came down a lot to managing my time and, you know, kind of, Preparing for when I have competitions when I have exams and knowing when I had to prepare for my exams and things like that
1: Would you say you spent more time and you can answer this question? Honestly, there's no right right or wrong answer more Mm -hmm. time Studying on the academics while you're at Columbia or more time training because everybody's got to work out that balance you know the being a student-athlete, especially here
3: Ah, that's a good question. I don't know. I think, so we train around 20 hours a week. I would honestly say I spent more time training. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not only the time in the pool, the time walking to dodge, getting changed, taking a shower afterwards, going to the dining hall because I'm hungry from training. But um, it really depends, I guess, week to week. When we have a lot of midterms or finals, I'm definitely prioritizing my work Um, but then when we're coming when we're getting closer to our championship meet I'm definitely more focused on the swimming aspect and one thing to know is the coaches are extremely supportive and understanding um, of how academics for most people comes first so they're a huge help with regards to balancing time and being understanding with uh, our work so yeah
0: Chris, I just wanted something. Again, we talked about before we came on the air. Um, talk a little about your upbringing. You said you were born in the United States and have moved around a little bit. Uh, talk about what your parents do and how your your, your upbringing a little bit more. For you know, so around. I was,
3: yeah, I was born in the U.S. Um, my dad was working there at the time, and then he got sent for work back to London. So they had an opening there. So he was working in London, and then my mom took me and my brother uh to lebanon to live there for a while because that's where they're both originally from and then after a year or two i think it was two years we uh went to join my dad in london and i've been living there ever since for the past 16 17 years
0: what do your parents do if you can share if you don't mind so my, my dad
3: works um as a smart cities consultant so he works for nvidia right now and then my mom works for a non um a Lebanese association that helps um, people in Lebanon.
0: Very cool.
1: So, uh, How old were you when you were living in Lebanon?
3: I was three, between the ages of three and six.
0: Uh, we asked Albert the same question, but uh, uh, when he was on with us a few weeks ago, but what's the best thing about competing for Jim Bolster, the head coach of swimming and diving team for the men?
3: So yeah, so I was actually uh, a walk-on to the swim team. I joined my freshman year first semester and uh, both Coach Bolster and Gustavo Leal, the assistant coach, were extremely welcoming and supportive. Um, I emailed them once I got into Colombia, letting them know that I was really interested in joining the team. And they were nothing but welcoming. They gave me a shot. They let me try out. And then ever since, for the past four years, they've treated me exactly as any other athlete, as if I was part of the team. They've taken me to all the competitions, all the meets, and I was able to participate. So, Yeah. Uh, I'm g- very grateful to Coach Bolster. Um, and I think he's got, he's a great leader and he really motivates the team.
1: All right, I got one more question for you, Chris. Uh, I'd like to obviously ask our seniors, though, you know, what are your future plans here now that you've graduated, whether it be school, uh, you know, job, career wise, what are your future plans?
3: So I'm supposed to start working in uh, July at Credit Suisse in New York city. Um, but I'm waiting to hear back from them. Cause I know a lot of places have delayed the start dates of their incoming um, analysts. So I don't know. They're supposed to get back to me in the next couple of weeks but so far I'm supposed to start July 7th, probably virtually. So I don't know if I'll be able to work from home in London or if I'll have to move back to the US and work from there.
1: All right, Chris, well, I think that's all the time we have. Really appreciate you jumping on here with us. Uh, talk Kyle. about oh, For- <laughs> the segment.
2: Um, hey Chris, I'm Meg. I'm sorry that I was late.
3: i Had a fine?
2: had a phone call. Normally I'm I'm on here making it fun. I'm ho- I'm hoping you had fun anyway. It seemed like I jumped in on a good time. But I do have a quick question. I have I'm a little s- confused by it, but then I heard about how you lived in multiple places what Um, do you have different accents
3: yeah so i so i grew up um being exposed to both a british accent and an american accent at home so i uh have a superpower where i'm able to kind of switch accents depending on the person i speak to so i'll be speaking to my friends with a british accent and then my mom will call and I'll just completely switch. It's it's the all subconscious, but it confuses everyone around me. They think I'm faking it. But yeah.
2: Do you? That's awesome. Because I
1: I said when we were you just came on, I was like, have you lived in the UK a long time? Because I feel like you got a hint of a British accent, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Do you have like certain words that you only say? Like you just said, "mom," right? So, mom. To,
3: yeah. Uh, talk. Um. I don't know. No, maybe. Uh, I feel like that's the same. It's it's hard to think. Of those <laughs> How do
1: you say yeah. the red fruit slash vegetable? The red fruit. Uh, no, vegetable. no. That uh, you know, a tomato. Sorry, I will say well, tomato. But...
3: Well, now that you said tomato, I'll say tomato. But if you said yes, tomato, that's why, I that's why I didn't want to yeah. say it. That's why yeah. I didn't want to say. It. <laughs>
2: My um, sisters are obsessed with Love Island. Have you ever seen that? The oh yeah. British yes. version. Yeah, I haven't seen the <laughs> so British version. I'm very last, old. Last summer, they only watched the British one. Like only. Last summer, I I literally didn't live in New Jersey. They were only speaking in a British accent. Because <laughs> of it. Like watched. in the way that they speak on the show too is ridiculous.
3: So my first semester at Columbia, whenever people would ask me. Um, where I'm from, and I told them London, they immediately just switch and start talking to me in a British accent. <laughs> I'd be like, please stop, please.
2: <laughs> Americans are so annoying.
1: <laughs> well, Chris, this was fun. Really appreciate you taking the time. Congratulations again. The recipient of this year's Dwight D. Eisenhower Watch for the highest male cumulative GPA, male senior, graduating senior. So, Congrats again and thanks for joining us all the way out there from across the pond.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys.
1: Once again, that was Christopher Aun, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to the Marion R. Phillips Watch Award winner, Micah Blindenbach from Field Hockey. In honor of our former Columbia student athletes who are on the front lines fighting the coronavirus around the world, Columbia Athletics has created the web series Healthcare Heroes. With over 500 former student-athletes who are employed in the medical profession, this series highlights the contribution, impact, sacrifice, and hard work that Columbia Athletics alumni are making to keep America healthy. Check out their stories at gocolumbialions.com slash healthcareheroes.
0: We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. We are back, joined by Micah Blindebach, winner of the Marion Phillips Watch for highest GPA for a graduating senior female athlete. So Micah, joining us from Virginia, right? You're home?
4: Virginia, Northern Virginia.
0: Uh, Congratulations, thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: So simple question to start things off, how did you do it?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Start off with a hard question. Um, Definitely um, took a lot of time management, a lot of hard work, um, countless late nights studying, um, balancing field hockey, and um, engineering coursework was definitely not easy. Um, but thanks to the support of teammates, coaches, family, um, I got through it. So, yeah.
1: I'm going to put you on the spot here real, real quick. More hours practicing field hockey or more hours studying and getting A's?
4: um tough one definitely I think more hours if you count all the bus trips up to Baker and back and all of that I think more hours spent on field hockey
1: wow surprise yeah. answer thought it was going to be yeah. the other way around so yeah. you basically just said I spent more time on field hockey but I still have the highest GPA among all
0: students <laughs> <laughs> no big deal real casual <laughs>
4: In season, there was definitely more field hockey, but obviously the spring was the time to um, focus more on academics, so um, I did, throughout my four years, tend to have a heavier workload in the spring, because um, I had more time then, um, and took easier classes in the fall to balance it out.
1: So. What was the, uh, what, what would you say of all the semesters, because I mean, what was was your GPA, I don't know if it's weighted or not, I don't know if it's above four, or if it's right, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, you don't have to say it, I don't, <laughs> if you don't want to, um, but Like what do you remember like a particular semester being the hardest out of your four years uh, trying to balance field hockey and class?
4: I think my freshman fall, actually, um, because you're getting thrown into um, preseason being a fall sport and then having to adjust to the new like way college academics works. Um, It's a lot more work than obviously high school is. Um, and a lot of teammates, they recommended taking like four classes freshman fall, but um, because of the engineering school, you kind of had to take five, which was a heavier workload than most of my like fellow teammates, so that made it even like more stressful on top of everything else, Um, so definitely freshman fall, probably.
1: I feel like I can relate to that slightly. My first semester as a graduate student after, you know, I wasn't an athlete in college, so all I had to worry about was school, but then when I went to be a graduate student, I had like a a graduate assistantship that I was working plus going to school and my first semester was, like I think I got put on academic probation my first semester and then I had a, and then
0: I quickly learned how to balance.
4: Yeah, it teaches you how to balance stuff real quickly when you're like thrown in the middle of all of it. Um, But yeah, yeah, definitely not easy.
0: We've talked to other Barnard student athletes and GS students, and they talk about the intricacies of the schools within Columbia. So talk a little bit more about the engineering school and the, the kind of the rigors of that and how it's different from Columbia College.
4: Um, I think one of the biggest differences throughout that I've noticed throughout my four years about the engineering school is that once you pick a major, there's actually not that many people usually in each major, which means there's only one section of every single class that you have to take, and you have to take them in the exact same order. So it means that every semester, like four out of your five classes, you have to take no matter what time they're offered at. Um so that presented a lot of like scheduling difficulties, my junior and senior year actually, um, because if it's offered at eleven forty, if it's in the middle of a practice block, like you can't get around that. Um, and so I've had to like videotape classes, I've had to miss practices. Um, so it's been a lot of like back and forth between like professors and teachers like balancing it all because there's just like no way to reschedule things like that. So I think that's one of the bigger differences. Um, and a lot of the, the work is like, you take more labs and you take more um, practical classes as well, which means you actually have to be in attendance a lot more um, and which made it harder. Like a lot of labs were on Fridays. Um, so with traveling on the weekends that always presented a difficulty of like when we were leaving and trying to get stuff done, um, but
1: yeah. Did you have any other uh, C students on the field hockey team?
4: Um, there was one engineer in the year above me, and then there's one more two years below me. Um, so there's not that many of us, um, but we're a small crowd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you know any of the other, like, uh, especially the Baker athletes? Like I know for example, cause I work with softball, like Jenny Saltes is in the engineering school and she was a senior that she was actually one of the finalists too, two seniors. Yeah, she, was,
4: she was in my major actually. Um, so I took a lot of classes with her, worked on a lot of group projects with her, um, okay. And it was funny because we were actually, because, because our seasons are opposite. Um, It was always like she would take the heavier workload when I was in like my lighter time and the opposite way around in the spring Um, and trying to schedule group projects around athletes with everyone having different schedules was never easy, but yeah.
1: Did you guys have a little like friendly competition knowing that you guys were (laughs) kind of the finalists for this?
4: um I definitely knew that she was um because I always saw her at the academic achievement luncheon awards thing so I definitely knew that she was in competition for this um but
1: did you text her after did she text you
4: um at one point we did text her like because we thought varsity was can varsity was canceled at first at some point like a month ago or something like that we're like hey just out of curiosity like who would have won the thing um so
0: Oh, surprise. Surprise. (laughs) It it happened. (laughs) Now you know. know. (laughs) Field hockey had the number two GPA in the country this year. Um, Now they're going to lose you. So how are they going to keep that up uh, moving forward?
4: I don't know. I think uh, I think there's definitely a culture on our team of hard work um, and making uh, academics a priority. There's a bunch of people in the years below me um, who are also equally as hardworking, and I think have equally high GPAs. So maybe in the future there'll be another field hockey watch winner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, right. guys, if you're listening. No <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All
1: right, Michael. Last thing before we let you go. Uh, obviously, you've graduated, so congratulations on that. Uh, so, what, what do you have lined up? Like, what are your plans? Are you going to grad school? Do you have a job lined up? What are your future plans here?
4: Um, so, I'll be working at Morgan Stanley uh, starting in the fall, uh, doing index equity derivative trading. So,
1: you're going to have uh, to put that in layman's terms for all of us here.
4: Um, yeah, so it's just um, derivatives are just like a financial product um, and just working on trading that.
1: Are you getting right, back well. to New York City?
4: Uh, yeah, hopefully. Nice. Once <laughs>
1: yeah I know who to, I know who to go to I know who to go to now for all of my uh, financial needs. <laughs> follow up with you, Micah, after the podcast good. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, Micah, thanks for taking some time today. Congratulations again and uh, hope you're staying well.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: All right, that was Micah Blindenbach, the winner of the Marion R. Phillips watch from this year's Virtual C. So congratulations again to Micah. And when we come back, we're going to talk to our first of two Game of the Year winners. It's going to be our Men's Game of the Year as voted on in the social media poll. We're going to talk to men's soccer. Clean Eats Meal Prep are proud sponsors of the Columbia Lions. Clean Eats has a wide variety of meals from the basics, low-carb, gluten-free, and even kids options. The process is simple. Place your orders for the week, and Clean Eats delivers right to your doorstep. Nutrition, convenience, and results equal the Clean Eats experience. Visit www.cleaneatsmealprep.com to try us today. Welcome back. We're right smack in the middle of our podcast. And right now we've got Blake Willis and Will Todd from the men's soccer team here to talk about the men's game of the year the uh columbia's three to two victory over yukon which i believe was back on september 21st if i'm not mistaken uh a thrilling game i didn't have the uh i didn't have the option to be for that be at that game i know i know i cover you guys but couldn't get with you on the road for that game but i did watch the entire game online and i was probably just as wrapped up in it as you guys were um But, yeah, uh, Blake, first, before we do anything else, let's start. uh, Blake, I know you're out in Texas, so thanks for joining us. Our time zone difference. Will, we'll get to you in a second, much farther away. But, uh, Blake, how's everybody? How's Texas? How's everything going out there?
5: It's not bad. I mean, I feel like we're one of the states that's – opening up more than anyone else
1: and will uh really appreciate you on really short notice if i emailed you guys i don't know 24 hours ago and you replied to me uh last night but you're all joining us from all the way out in australia so it's the evening here but good morning to you uh how is everything out in australia with the pandemic i mean it's really unique to get somebody's perspective from out there
6: Yeah, no, everything's actually going all right over here. We're starting to open up as well, as Blake said, like in Texas. Um, I think we've handled it pretty well, as well as you can. So everything's starting to open up and you start to see people out and about, um, going to the beach and stuff, being able to surf and swim, which is nice. (laughs)
1: All right. Uh, we'll talk about the game here a little bit. I know we've got to jog your guys' memory to get all the way back to that game. But first, the virtual C. Did you guys think when you saw you were up for game of the year, did you think you were going to win? I mean, I think the, what were the, the other two? Wrestling's uh, walk-off pin, which I didn't even know was a thing, against American and football's uh, basically another walk-off, an overtime uh, interception to win that game. So, I mean, were you guys surprised that you won? Did, what were you thinking going into the event?
5: I mean, I I personally did not think we were going to win. I think it's pretty known that soccer isn't the most popular sport, at least in America. We tried to get it out there and spread the word to family and friends so we could actually win
1: this. Will, uh, Will, did you get the vote out to Australia for us?
6: Yeah, I did. Like I knew when when I saw the nominees, I knew we were up against it. Sometime. So that's
0: that's where all the votes at like three in the morning came from. I got like <laughs> hourly <laughs> updates on it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it all yeah. makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, I,
6: was, I was sending that link everywhere. everywhere.
1: <laughs> so if it was three in the morning here, it was 5 p.m. the next day for yeah. Will, so <laughs> prime <laughs> evening voting hour. That's awesome. All right, but now to actually talk about the game, I mean, it was a crazy game. I mean, I know uh, you guys never trailed in that game, Uh, scored the first goal by John Dennis off a set piece, right? Direct free kick straight into the corner. And then another set piece for the second goal, Ori with, uh, I don't know, I've seen that goal over and over, and I still don't understand the trajectory of the ball.
0: I I, <laughs> <away there. laughs>
1: I don't understand I don't how it just kept rising, even from that far away as it went into the like the roof of the net. Okay. I just don't. I'll never understand that. But kudos to him. And uh, and then you know UConn leveled after both goals, and then uh, John Dennis with a cross from Sebastian Gumbayi. Uh, headed it right inside the post. I mean, you look at that game with those three goals. I remember I uh, put a video out after that game and I was just like, these are three of the most quality goals I think I've ever seen in one game in my life. But talk about the emotion, the emotional roller coaster of that game. Blake, I'll start with you.
5: I mean, I was on the bench the whole game because I was injured. It was just back and forth the whole entire game, just getting out of my seat every 10 minutes, whatever it was that the goals were scored. And I mean, we just prevailed and was able to get the W. But it, it was a crazy game, probably our craziest of the year. That's why I won game of the year. I...
1: <laughs> Will, what well, about you? You were out there on the – you played you both played defense. Will, you were out on the back line, one of our center backs. Uh, just run through the emotions of that game.
6: Yeah, as Blake said, very back and forth. I feel like the game was like a microcosm for our entire season, you know. We do one good thing and then <clears throat> one not-so-good thing and as a defender, we had a few lapses in concentration throughout the game that cost us, but we're able to stick together and show some great resilience in the end as a team to get the win.
0: Talk about the closing moments, too, because UConn did have a little bit of a late push. Uh, talk about the communication and, and how you guys were feeling just to try to hold on to that lead down the stretch.
6: Yeah, well, I think naturally the last few minutes, as you know, time dwindled down, we had the lead. They were pushing. We naturally sat back a bit. And they came at us, and they had a few, a few good opportunities. But, you know, I think we really, as defenders, were organized. We communicated. We were tracking men, making sure we knew where everyone was. And that proved to be the difference in the end.
1: How many times did you watch the end of that game in film and look over at Sheila oh. <laughs> for the last 15 seconds? Oh, man. did you guys? Did you guys have a good laugh? I don't think
5: we ever watched that in film, but, but we, we've—I've watched it a few times, and there's been some banter about it. <laughs> yeah,
6: same. I watched it and just going, you know, "What?" For anybody I, uh, for anybody <laughs> listening
1: who doesn't know, Will, why don't you explain what happened in the last 15 seconds of that game?
6: We got the ball with 15 seconds left. Chile had it, and he decided to turn the ball over and give it straight to the opposition in our defensive half. <laughs>
5: Hey, he was trying to thread the needle. Would have been a great pass. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been.
1: He was trying to get that fourth goal. That's what he was going for. Uh, and then UConn brings the ball like all the, You think there's 15 seconds left and the game is over. And then all of a sudden he tried to thread the needle there. It hits off a UConn uh, midfielder, bounces straight back yeah. into their attacking third, and. Uh, some some tense moments there in the final seconds, but uh, Michael Colodi snagged it and I think just tried to punt it as hard as he could as high in the mm-hmm. air as possible. Might have been uh, his highest punt of the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before I let you guys go, real quick, uh, you guys, you know, both returning next year. Blake, you're a rising senior, and Will, you're a rising junior. So, like, what is your guys' outlook uh, for the team for next year?
5: I mean... It was a rough season last season. I think everyone knows that. But throughout the spring, or whatever we had of a spring, I feel like we're on the rise the whole time. And everybody's mindset's right right now. I was injured all last season. Didn't get to do much. So for me personally, I got to make a statement my senior year. And I think us as a team are going to make a statement.
6: Yeah, we are. My my last last year, we did a lot of reflection as a team, looking back on what went wrong. Um, during the season, I think, as Blake said, you know, throughout the weeks, we were fortunate enough to get in the spring. We really, really put in a lot of hard work um, physically, tactically and technically. And I think we're all, all, although we're all at home, we're all continuing to put in the work and we've all got, you know, the same goal to come back and win the an Ivy League championship this season.
1: All right. Well, Blake, Will, really appreciate I know not not too long. Really appreciate you guys checking in. Uh, congratulations again. Men's Game of the Year won the social vote there for the Virtual C, and I uh, hope you guys and the team enjoyed Virtual C, and you guys got some uh, excitement out of that.
6: Thank you. Thanks, guys. Us, man. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Once again, that was the Columbia Men's Soccer Team, Blake Willis and Will Todd, uh, representatives for our Men's Game of the Year winner. And we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to have Ann Sabula talk to us about the Women's Game of the Year and the Karen Blank Award.
5: At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code Athletic20 for 20% off your first order.
1: All right, welcome back. We're now joined by Ann Sabula of the fencing team, a recent graduate of Barnard College and a member of the fencing team that won Women's Game of the Year. But we also wanted to bring Ann in because Ann was the winner of this year's Karen Blank Award, which goes to the top student-athlete at, in all of Barnard College, which uh, is indicative not only of your athletic success, but of your academic success, and as it's a statement to your all-around character, and it's a really prestigious award that Barnard College hands out every year. So Anne, thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
7: Thank you excited to be here.
1: (laughs) How is everything? I know uh, you're living in Brooklyn so you're kind of you know near you know it is New York City but we always call the city Manhattan obviously but you know so you know you're in the city but how how is everything? How is everybody?
7: Um, Everyone at home is healthy which is great. Um, Friends and family are healthy but yeah it's kind of surreal that everyone is still kind of staying home and summer's around the corner so It's it's very odd stepping outside at this time.
1: Let's talk about the Karen Blank Award first. So when did you find out, did you find out during the show that you were the winner of the Karen Blank Award? Yes. Okay, and so like what was, did you know you were up for it? What was your reaction to that?
7: Um, I was like pleasantly surprised because I didn't even know that they were gonna hand out individual awards given that everyone's seasons were kind of cut short or canceled it seems. so, yeah, I was I was really pleasantly surprised. And I also personally know that there were other, like, qualified candidates. Uh, so, yeah, I was just very honored and grateful.
0: What does the award, winning the award mean to you? And what, what was, you know, you talked a little bit about the emotions, but, like, how did it feel when, when you, you saw your name flash up there?
7: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of floored. And it was an emotional moment for me because everything was kind of – yanked out of our lives all of a sudden especially uh the fencers that were going to go to NCAAs like it was so abrupt we were planning plane tickets the next day so to just have one last bit of recognition in some fashion was um it was really special so
1: you said you uh knew you had there were other people other great Barnard student athletes that were up for the award who did you like who in your mind was up for the award with you
7: there's a girl on my team on uh Esther Schreiber uh,
4: okay.
7: yeah she's on the Swedish national team I could have sworn that she was going to get it she's one of our team captains actually and I really look up to her and yeah so again I was just pleasantly surprised at everything.
1: Well you're still very well deserving obviously you won the award and I do want to talk we always like when we have the on here I want to get your take uh, I mean you're part of a national championship team a couple years ago so I mean that's got to be one of the highlights of your collegiate fencing careers I know you compete internationally as well and we can talk about that a little bit but like what do you reflect on like when you think about winning the national championship like what's like the first thought that comes into your head?
7: Uh, just blood sweat and tears I mean I remember we won And we went back into campus and it was just crickets. I know when Notre Dame won, they were riding in the streets and whatnot, but it was just like, oh, well, Columbia won again. And we kind of just went back to the drawing board. So yeah, it was, it kind of feels like a fever dream. I feel like I have war flashbacks from that day. And I mean, but it was an amazing experience that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And the 11 other people that were down in the pit with me during that championship, um, I'll always, remember for the rest of my life I'll probably have at my wedding maybe my funeral but also just everyone else who was cheering me on that team because everyone mattered at the end of the day everyone contributed in some fashion like even if I just trained against them during practice like they helped me they helped the team
0: and individually you were able to take the epa title uh, in 2019. You're the first Barnard student-athlete to win an individual title. So uh, again, we've kind of asked the same question, but like what, is, what does that mean that like, you've had a chance to look back at things um, of your that accomplishment?
7: Um, honestly, it kind of like happened on accident, and it was just always because I was looking at everyone that came before me, and I really didn't know until the day after that I was the first person to Uh, win any NCAA individual title because there were so many strong Barnard fencers before me. They just didn't crack, I guess, that barrier yet. And I'm just really excited to see what happens in the future. Like I'm really excited to root on as an alumna who's coming next. So yeah.
1: As a graduate of Barnard College, what's like the best thing that you can tell somebody like a prospective student athlete who's thinking about enrolling in Barnard, but like isn't sure?
7: I remember my first day I said, you're a student athlete, what are you going to do about it? Because the girl on your left is gonna get into med school year early. The girl on your right is gonna write an Emmy award-winning play. What are you going to do with your time here? So when you sign up to be a student athlete at Barnard, you're signing up to really push the best version of yourself and it's been a tough two and a half years because I'm a transfer, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. So just be prepared for a tough time have a good time but it's it's definitely tough like if you want an easier time there are other schools you can go to but barnard's going to challenge you and i mean in the long run it's so much more worth it
1: that's a great sentiment toward barnard right there i gotta hit we gotta hit the second part of the reason you're here we talked about the karen blank award but now let's move on women's fencing winning game of the year uh for you know we know it's not called the game but we had to rope everything into one name for for a category there but you guys swept uh the ivy league swept uh 6-0 over all the other ivy league teams to win the ivy league fencing championship this year so just talk about that i know you guys have won it now three years in a row like i said uh but what did it mean to do it in a sweep
7: well very quickly like columbia fencing it the Columbia brand or the Columbia name carries a lot of weight in the fencing community, the fencing world. So, you know, it's number one fencing school in the country and people, we've, we've been churning out Olympians it seems since like 1904 or something like that. So with that, you have these incredibly strong recruitment classes. You have people who have made or currently on, or will make U16, U20 senior national teams. Um, and you have, and not just U.S. national teams but international teams so you have these very strong recruitment classes and you think there'd be this really sharp divide between these star recruits and everyone else it seems but the reality is uh, your first day at practice all that's kind of thrown out the window using Michael's secret recipe I'm not sure what it is you can ask him (laughs) Um, family secret I guess but It becomes a next man up mentality. Um, And so what happened this year behind the scenes, we had two of our strongest uh, women fencers take time off to train for, not train, but quite literally qualify to go to the Olympics. Um, And Michael wholeheartedly supported their decision because objectively they were very close to making it before corona happened. But with that, you know, it became the next woman up mentality, whether we liked it or not, you know, going into these competitions because we were missing some players. And so, this Ivy's, I will always remember as the best demonstration of depth on our team. Um, You know, we went in, and even though we swept it, like, I don't think anyone was prepared for what happened. I remember I was, I had a really tough anchor bout. I had a really tough time individually at Ivy's, but I looked over to my left, and someone who, when I first came on the team, had very little playing time, just for whatever reason, just annihilated someone f- from Harvard, like the star player. And I was just floored. And I will always remember that. And I just felt so invigorated and so thankful to be a part of a team like that. And I'll always carry that with me. Um, so yeah, it. I think this year's Ivy's was very much uh, the overarching theme was uh, next woman up. Um, so yeah, there was it was a really amazing thing to be a part of
0: the your third bout was against Penn and that was really close it was one one point decided the winner of that once you got beyond that did you feel like you guys kind of were in good position or was did you still feel like there was still going to be a lot of work to do going from there
7: um like in general throughout the day, or just in against that school particularly? Well,
0: I guess talk about that that bout in particular first, and how exciting that was to to get that that edge that out, and then how you guys felt like if that helped your confidence, and you think that kind of propelled you to the rest of the uh, the other the next three wins.
7: I think it's interesting that you brought up that school because for me that was one of like the breaking points of that day, so it, it holds a special place for me. We were down. I think 13-12 and once you hit 14 then you win because it's like out of 27 or something like that so once you hit 14 bouts you know a win um but it was 13-12 and there were only two bouts left and it was me and another anchor and another weapon and we're looking at each other and we have to win these next two bouts or it's over and like I don't I don't know it was just I was doing so miserably that day. I think I wiped out in the two bouts before that, but my teammates, I looked over and they still just had this undying, unwavering trust in me. And yeah, I, I won that bout 5-0. It looks like it was just easily 5-0 on paper, but in my head it wasn't. And I looked over and uh, Natalie Minerick, uh, another fencer who also had a bout next to me, won her bout also. And that's how we won. I mean. It seemed easy at the time, but it was a very emotionally charged day. And after that, we all recuperated, we all recollected our thoughts. And we just thought we had to carry this energy for the rest of the day, even if it is extremely exhausting. So, yeah.
1: We've brought this up with fencers before, but talk about the uniqueness of collegiate fencing, because it makes it such a team sport. And on the international stage, fencing is such an individual sport so like how like how maybe thankful are you or how much do you appreciate the fact that you like came to Columbia had this like team experience with other collegiate fencers
7: um it's it's really surreal again it's like Michael's secret recipe I don't know what it is because on one end of the spectrum you you're training with people who oh they're just popping into the fencing room because they need to pick up some gear because they're catching a flight to go to Budapest because they need to qualify for this World Cup because they're going to Tokyo in a couple months. But then at the other end of the spectrum, you have people who are just really excited to be there, really excited to train with you. Um, they're the first ones in the group chat to hit you up for extra practice um, because it's their last couple of years that they'll ever spend fencing competitively because the reality, the reality is after graduation, um, they're going to pack up their gear and donate it or sell it or whatever so being a part of a team like that with such a variety of people talent personalities and individuals is I I don't I don't know how to describe it but also it's also surreal to be a part of something bigger than yourself we have like these faces on the wall of the fencing room of all Americans, Olympians and other accolades. And, you know, every time you walk into practice and you see them and you think I'm, I'm going to be on that wall. I want to be on that wall. And, and, and it's, I don't know how, how to describe it, but it's, it's, I'm so grateful that I got to have this experience. I'll always remember
1: it. All right. And last thing before we let you go, really appreciate the time that you've given us here so far, but, uh, let us know well, what are your future plans do you still plan to compete uh I'm sure maybe you probably do uh, on the international stage and in fencing uh what are your career plans uh, where do you go from here
7: uh so I'm currently enrolled in like a online hybrid part-time postbac program because I didn't uh, finish all my pre-med studies so that obviously is going to start sooner than I expected because everyone's inside anyways but uh also, just in terms of fencing, I definitely am setting up for 2024 Paris, uh, but also 2020 is kind of strangely in the air because no one really knows if it's still delayed or going to be canceled. So we'll see about that because my national ranking is currently frozen because of Corona. So right. yeah.
1: What is your national ranking currently? I don't even know. Let us know. I'm eighth. That's, wow, it's not too shabby. And <laughs> 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 yeah. This, I know it's delayed. It, they, they're looking at it in 2021, I think, right? That's what they're trying yeah. to do. Yeah. So. It's
7: just complicated because, I mean, people have lost like a year of training and yeah. like some parts of Europe are open. So some people are training already, whereas here it's like nothing's going on. So
0: Yeah. What what field of medicine are you interested in? You said you were trying to go pre-med?
7: Yes. I don't think I'll be a psychiatrist because I've done a, a lot of like psychish classes so I mean I want to go to med school and find out what I like I think I'll, I'll find gotcha. out there yeah
0: it's about to do it yeah <laughs> all right and thanks for taking some time today again uh, great talking to you and uh, best of luck in the future thank you thanks and
1: thanks. we're gonna head to break and when we come back we're gonna have our Final segment of this week's podcast. We're going to talk to the top play of the year and Gracie Wall and women's soccer.
0: Make a brilliant move to Vanderwater, luxury condominium residences in Morningside Heists. Discover an elevated approach to city living, a modern homage to old world elegance, breathtaking views of the Hudson River, Columbia University, and Riverside Church visit the today for more information. That's T H E V A N D E W A T E R.com. Okay, we are back for our final segment. I'm flying solo here with Maddie Tamaras from women's soccer to talk about the virtual C play of the year. Uh, Maddie, let's just first of all, thanks for joining us today.
8: No, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Let's just jump right into it. What are your recollections of that play? You took the PK before Gracie got the rebound and and put it home.
8: Yeah, well, the game was exciting from the beginning. I think we started off like not in our best, um, not playing our best, especially it was a long day, but um, driving up to Bucknell that morning, but we Shira, Cohen, freshman, um, scored a late goal to tie it. And so going into overtime, we had a lot of momentum going for us. And it was definitely great to draw the PK at the end of the game and to have that opportunity. But we kept it as exciting as possible to score as late as possible. Um, Gracie works extremely hard and never stops running. And covers a really incredible amount of ground. So her goal wasn't a surprise. But it was definitely a really exciting finish and good way to end the day.
0: It almost looked like – Even the announcer said it looked like it surprised the defense. They were expecting, like, time to run out or something. Did you guys – were you guys just aware of how much time was left or did you notice when the clock started or anything like that?
8: I think we just knew that, like, when we rewatched the video, we outnumber them in our crashing by a lot. So, I think we just – that was just our mentality of, like, get a goal, be the first one there. If there's a rebound, that's something that's always ingrained into us. So, um I don't think it was anything about the time, necessarily. We didn't know exactly how many seconds. I don't even know, maybe it was less than a second on the clock, but um, just to be the first ones there to the rebound. And we definitely had, like, numbers and they did not, so.
0: Were you guys surprised that you won, you were able to win the, the fan vote, or were you kind of, you know, what was, what was your coaches, coaching staff and the program's mentality to try to, to get a win here at the end of the season?
8: We, we rallied a lot of fans to um, vote for us and to have a lot of people behind us. Um, it was a lot of fun to try and recruit a lot of different people to um, vote for us on all the different platforms and all the different ways. And Umpon our assistant coach, definitely did a lot to get as many people
0: doing that also. So people kind of – correlated it to like a giving day 2.0 it was like kind of like the same touch points and everything like that did you kind of feel like that too
8: yeah we definitely had we got some emails about it we got text reminders we definitely were trying to recruit as many people as we can but um it was a fun fun activity and a fun way to get everybody back together working towards something again so that was fun
0: uh, last couple of questions before we wrap up uh you know graduating senior, just talk about your time at Columbia and the experiences you were able to share with your teammates and at the, at the school.
8: Yeah, I mean, I'm so thankful for the entire experience. Um, Columbia Women's Soccer is definitely a family to me and that's teammates from every year and um, like I am going to miss, I already miss seeing everybody every day and I'm really thankful for all that the community has been and has done for me, like aside from the academic experience of learning so much, I've learned so much from the community that I've been a part of, and the people I've met, and um, spent time with, and I definitely have lifelong friendships coming out of the team, and know that I'll be continuing to um, support Columbia Athletics in the future. So, I'm excited to for everyone to get back and to be able to watch games as soon as possible.
0: And last thing before we let you go, um, what are your future plans? Do you have a job lined up, Are you looking at grad school? What's next for you?
8: Um, I am starting work in well. New York City, I think. Um, But I'm starting work at IBM in October, returning from an internship last summer. And so that's in New York, but I don't, I might be virtual
0: start. So we'll see. What are you going to be doing there?
8: Um, I'm working in their market development and insights department. It's kind of a internal consulting. That's kind of how it functions for the marketing department. So I'm excited to get started and to Continue with that, so we'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Going back, you said you you interned there last summer. Talk about the enrichment service program and how you were able to connect with somebody from IBM to, to land yourself an internship and then employment right after graduation.
8: Yeah, so actually, that internship I found on Handshake and applied for it and um, inter um, interviewed at the Columbia Career Services offices, and it was a really fluid process of. Um, like interviewing, they definitely have a connection with Columbia's enrichment services. And so they recruit every year out of Columbia's offices for this internship program. Um, and they believe in Columbia's students. So that was a really nice experience. Um, and then taking, um, just like being able to have the opportunity to, there are other Columbia um, grads working in the same office. And that was a really fun experience. There's um, Barnard student a year um, a few years older, who works there and also had a similar recruiting experience for that job. And um, a teammate of mine, Natalie Ambrose, um, works in the marketing department there. And so we had weekly coffee together working in the office. So um, definitely a lot of help with Columbia's networking and Columbia's enrichment services. So that was really great. Nice.
0: Well, thanks for taking some time today. Uh, good luck to you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.
8: Thank you so much.
0: All right. That was Maddie Tamarez from Women's Soccer. And that does it for our season finale of The Roarcast. So we want to thank everybody for listening once again. We really appreciate you. And we'll be back uh, probably a couple times in the summer, but definitely more consistently in the fall. So we'll talk to you soon.